the reason why most people struggle with taking action on the big steps is because they've broken their own promises to themselves too many times that their mind doesn't believe a word they say. They've told themselves that they're going to follow up, listen to more Max's podcast or listen to more books online, whatever it may be. They told themselves, I'm going to do these morning, evening habits, and they didn't follow through on their promise. Every time you break your own promise, your mind is being programmed to not believe a single thing that this character says to themselves. And that is you. And so you have to realize if you struggle with procrastination or you struggle with taking big steps, you have to be somebody who starts living true to your words. Your words needs to become law. Today, I'm joined by one of the world's most popular and brilliant success coaches, Tim Hahn. Going from drug addict and cleaning toilets at 17 to now teaching millions of people what it takes to succeed, this guy is going to add massive value. If you want to learn how to overcome limiting beliefs, get out of your comfort zone and create the success you want. So Tim, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to have you. And so you, Tim, are the CEO of Success Insiders, and that's why I want to get started right away. What is your definition of success and how has it evolved over time? I think to answer the first part of that question, definition of success, I think for me, success right now in, in this period of my life is, is about really reaching your highest version of your highest vision, becoming the best you really can be in this lifetime and being able to live from this place of beautiful state, enjoying the journey towards having more, but whilst experiencing this sense of joy and fulfillment, I believe that's true success. Yeah, absolutely love that. And so you didn't start out there, right? In fact, if we go back a couple of years, you know, 17, you were this classical failure almost, right? So how do people, you know, listening to this where like their life is just similar to that, right? Or maybe not quite as bad, but it's just, they're struggling, right? How do people begin to sort of take those pieces and reassemble them and create a vision for themselves that actually excite them and, and bring them into reality? I think the... The first thing I recommend to any one of my uh, clients, let's say, is, is to really start with beliefs. As after all, beliefs is what drives the nature of the human behavior. You know, beliefs driving the thoughts, the thoughts driving the feelings, feelings driving to the, the action, action bringing the results. So we've got to question the belief. What belief is it that's driving perhaps some of your listeners towards self-sabotaging patterns? So... One of the things that we always have to really start clarifying is in terms of the beliefs that we currently carry is something that we can let go of. In fact, nothing that you currently believe is yours in the first place. Because the moment you are born, you know, your parents give you the belief. It's almost like they pass you the life manual. They tell you how life works. They tell you what to fear. They tell you what money means, success means. Then we go to school. We meet, we meet friends and friends tell us this is life. Then we get culturally conditioned. I mean, if you look at the word culture, you know, we're all in a freaking cult, if you really think about yeah. it, right? We all get brainwashed by society. So we've got to realize our beliefs in the first place is not ours. In fact, babies have got two primary fears, just two. One being fear of falling and fear of loud noise. Everything else that your listeners fear is being self-taught. So one of the things I'll say, because I could talk on hours in regards to the subject is yeah. firstly, they have to develop the belief that I can let go of these beliefs. It's like a post-it note. We can pick and choose. 
Yeah. I love that. It's so important, right? This realization that you can actually develop yourself because yeah. you know, many times they oftentimes people think like, this is my personality. Right. And it's like, this is who I am. This is, I've always been like that. And my parents have always been like that. So I'm supposed to be like that. So once mm. people, you know, begin to understand, okay, I can change. Right. How do, what does that process look like? Like, what did you do at that time, you know, to really reassemble the pieces? Like, was it really just from the start, like creating this big vision or was it really more just small step after small step, like of getting better? I think I decided to, I think the first thing I did was I had to stop being myself, you know, which is very counterintuitive yeah. towards the advice that most people give out there in the personal development world. But it's kind of like if you're an apple tree and pears represent financial freedom, and the fruit pears represent abundance in terms of love, in terms of health. I mean, if you're an apple tree, can you just read more personal development books and expect to be able to grow pears? The answer is no, right? Yeah. What, does, what does an apple tree need to do in order for it to grow pears? It has to stop being an apple tree. And for me, yes. you know, where I was in my life 12 years ago was, I was attracting the results that I deserved to have in that moment because that was my car character. I was lazy, I was procrastinating, I was addicted to drugs. So I had to stop being me. I had to start thinking and operating from a whole different identity and have this identity shift in terms of the way I really see myself. So I think to answer your question where, you know, I recommend everyone to really start after, you know, their question, their beliefs is to really start getting clear of who do they need to become in order for them to reach their biggest dreams and ambitions and be owning that identity now and not in the future. And where these labels, the identity labels right now, if they truly believe, for example, that they need to be confident, they need to tell themselves that I am confident and start acting as if every single day. You know, I love this. This is a great quote by Leonardo DiCaprio that said that like, every new level of your life demands a different version of you. And I mm. love that, right? Because it's almost like you're killing that old version of yourself, the old beliefs, the old stories, the old habits. And you have to create something entirely new from scratch, right? Mm. Yeah, so what does that process look like then? So you've, you've sort of clarified, right? This is who I want to be. The struggle that people have, I think, oftentimes is like people keep them stuck, right? Because people around you, they still have, they still know that old you, right? They still know that you, that you that goes to parties, that you that procrastinates, that you that is depressed, that you that is anxious, that you that isn't really that person. So what have you learned about, you know, people and rolling people in, in your vision for personal growth? I think... You know, um, I'm not sure how well-versed your listeners are in terms of personal development, but the, the great advice that's chucked around in this world is, is, is yeah, upgrade your peer group. You've got to watch who you hang around with. And I, I truly believe that's true. And in terms of, you know, what you're stating as well in, in that question, you know, in terms of your friends who know who you are, let's say your current self, I believe as my mentor always used to tell me, what's got you to here is not going to get you to there. Yeah. What essentially that means is you've got to let go of perhaps what is weighing you down from owning your future self-identity. And this is really what I had to do. In fact, I took a bit of a dramatic approach towards this. I had to firstly let go of my friends who were taking drugs. It was really hard for me to get off drugs without, you know, without uh, me letting go. I also decided to move to a new city. I, I moved from a very small town and I decided to move to, you know, capital city of England, which is London. And I decided to really reinvent myself from the ground up and just pick and choose who is in my network. And it made a massive difference. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I love this, this process of literally moving somewhere else, Kurt. 
right? Cause like, I feel like anytime you go a different place when nobody knows you, you have the opportunity again to really reinvent yourself completely. And no one's going to look at you like, what's going on with this guy? Like, like, cause people just meet you for the first time. Mm. Yeah. So where did resolve come from? Like, was there one defining moment in your life where you're like, okay, now I've got to change. Yeah, I suppose I've had, I've had numerous defining moments, but where it, when it all caught up, in a way, I'm very lucky I experienced it very young, but ever since being bullied uh, pretty much every day when, when I moved to um, a very small town in England called Poole because of my race, um, being picked on every single day when I was starting high school, this is why I ended up becoming, uh, let's say, a drug addict because I wanted to get out of pain. I, I didn't want to be bullied anymore. I wanted to become a bully. And four years breezed on by. And back then, I made a promise to myself, uh, to my mum when you know I was really young that I would do whatever it takes to get a good career and just be able to support her since my real dad had left us when we were really young. And I wanted to support my mum. But after four years of high school breezed on by, I remember you know the qualifications I got um, wasn't good enough. And my mom was like in tears when she discovered I'd pretty much failed education. Wow. I was forced to drop out and this is how I ended up as a toilet cleaner. And the more I couldn't really face reality of how everything's just unfolded this way, the more drugs I took and the worse I felt, the more drugs I ended up taking every day. And I was stuck in this vicious cycle. It was during this time, my mom ended up taking me on a really long walk and she was trying to wake me up and I was stuck in this negative state because these, these are the people I was always hanging around with. And I was about to walk away from her. Like my real dad walked away from us when I was, you know, quite young. And she grabbed me by shoulders and she just shook me and she said, Tim, you know, when you was younger, I was there for you. I was working day and night just to put food on the table and that was just all for you. And she said, Tim, when I'm older and I need you the most, will you be there for me? And I think wow. that was my defining moment when I realized I've screwed up and it's almost like this mask I was wearing, I just dropped on the floor and I realized I got to do whatever it takes. And that was my, I suppose, awakening in life. You know, I love that there's such a power, right? And having those people around us, friends and family that are willing to tell us the honest truth of like, you're fucking up in this moment and you need to step up your game. Mm. So I absolutely love that story. Now, one of the big changes really is, you mentioned this before, like self-sabotage, right? Those limiting beliefs of like, I'm not good enough. Like people don't like me, all of this stuff. So how can people get over these, these really limiting beliefs that are holding them back in that moment? And... You start to believe, like you mentioned, you know, say, saying it to yourself over and over again, using those affirmations. Do you have anything else that people can do to really change those limiting beliefs? Yeah, I think in the time we've got right now, the most, there's numerous methods. I think a direct, yeah, one of the fastest way they could really start action this right now as they're even listening to this, because they might be listening to this whilst on a public transport. Well, the fastest way to sometimes break through your limiting beliefs is to actually do exactly what you are fearing but on an exponential level it is really just taking that quantum leap towards the thing that you are fearing so for example my biggest fear used to be public speaking that was for me having struggled with social anxiety for most of my life that was my big fear and i was going to these speaking courses nothing was really working but then there's this one mentor who ended up literally <laughs> there's this one moment one exercise he took me through day after all of that fear was just gone 
And that's oh. when I realized the power of just taking that exponential leap, not just trying to improve, but actually really just snapping this, this limiting belief. And essentially what he ended up doing was most speaking courses was just getting me up and speaking on the stage. That's a baby step. This mentor literally said to me, Tim, you're going to be jumping on the stage today and you're going to be doing something on the stage. That's literally socially unacceptable. Whoa. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, Tim, you're going to be going literally crazy on the stage. And I said, why? He said, oh, yeah. let me ask you, Tim, if you pull on an elastic band a little bit and you let go, what ends up happening? It always snaps back. But what if Tim, you keep on pulling on the elastic band? What if you keep on pulling it? What if you keep on pulling it? Eventually it snaps and that's called a breakthrough. And he said, Tim, just give it a shot. And he turned on the music in the background. There's about hundred people literally like chanting my name. It was just, I was terrified. Whoa, yeah. And I don't remember what happened in the two minutes. I went blank. My mom went blank. <laughs> All I remember though, when I woke up, um, that fear was gone. I couldn't feel it. And you know, this is how I can speak on the stage nowadays because without fear, because I've done the extreme stuff, the normal stuff is really easy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what I'll say to your listeners is, whatever they're fearing right now, if it's rejection, get rejected, but big time rejected. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like in public kind of stadium. <laughs> yeah. Just literally do it. It sounds scary, but I'll tell you what's scary. Getting to the end of your life full of regrets. And they have to realize that life is a risky journey. Like it or not, you can't escape risk. And once I realized that in life, that we can't escape risk in life because nobody's going to make it out alive in the first place. So life is risky. I realized I have to risk. You have to risk. You have to play to win. Yeah, you know, I absolutely love that. I, I, I'm a huge believer in this idea of memento mori, remembering death, right? Remembering this day that you're going to die, you're going to lie on your deathbed, and you think back throughout your life, right? And you're like, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd had the courage, right? So, you know, on the day, you know, that you die, what do you want written on your tombstone? What do you want people to remember about you? Definitely the... Definitely the outro that I always say on the, the videos online, <laughs> follow, follow your heart and take action. Yes. It's always been my outro. Yeah. So, so tell me about that, right? Cause it's, it's one of the big struggles, right? People, I believe almost always know what to do. Everybody at this point, you have to live under rock to not like, not know that like work out every day, you know, eat right every day, sleep, right? Like do all these things. Like everybody's heard about morning routines and gratitude and meditation. But like what stops people is like this, this fear or like this fire that's not like burning inside of them. So how can people go from, you know, I have this dream, I have this vision to like actually moving forward towards it. I think going back to what you're saying in terms of it is coming back to death it is coming back to that realization that most people are kind of fearful of taking that next step, but then they got to realize there's a cost either way you know most people are scared of the pain of following their dreams what but what is going to be the pain when they don't what's the cost if you don't do it because there's a cost either way and when you really start to realize that inaction is still action not making a decision indecision is still a decision you're quickly realizing that life is going to be a risk either way now if you look at for example Brony where who are studying people who are at the final breaths of their life. The biggest regret people had in life is that they didn't take enough quote unquote risk. So yeah. knowing that 
I think most people just have to wake themselves up. Like, how do you want to get to the end of your life? What do you want to be saying? I'm so glad I played it safe. <laughs> you know, one of the things my mentor always used to say is, have you ever been to the cinema, Tim? And with your friend next to you, have you ever turned to your friend and said, I wish this movie is going to be boring? <laughs> Probably never, right? Yeah. The question, the question is, Tim, he used to always say this to me. He said, Tim, so the question is, why are you living a boring life? If you wow. will never watch a boring movie, why are you living and playing it small? And that really always struck around with me because that makes total sense. This is the movie called My Life right now. And we've got a decision to make. Do we want to be the superhero of this movie or do we want to be a victim? Wow, I absolutely love that movie metaphor, right? And you're so right, right? Like, like it's so easy to play it safe, but what we're really losing out on is life, right? It's like, that's ultimate failure to me. It's like living a life, getting, you know, 80, 90 years old, I'm lying in my death, but I know like I played it safe. I know like I didn't actually go for my dreams. That I think at the end of the day is like this ultimate pain. And so it sounds like what he's saying is really, we need to bring that awareness into the present moment to always remember that if I'm not doing this right now, at some point, I'm going to have this immense regret in my life. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely love that. Now, you know, CEO of Success Insiders, like you just learn and studied success and you teach people what it really takes to be successful. So what are some of those success habits? I know you're big on habits and routines. What are some of those that, you know, you've picked up on, learned about that have really helped you in your career? I think it's been different at different chapters. Um, most of your listeners, are they at the beginning or are they at the, yeah, do you know what sort of level they're at? Let's yeah, say, sure. I mean, Most of my listeners, I guess, are, are somewhere in the beginning of their journey. They have that dream. They may have that vision, but they're not quite there yet in the terms of really going after it. Okay. So in terms of that chapter of my life, I think the biggest realization I had from hanging around with a lot of successful people, because this will seem like, you know, they'll be listening to it. They'll be like, Tim, I already know this. <laughs> and I felt the same. But I tell you, the mind shift I'm about to share with them is really what helped me because these successful people, the habits, it's just what we hear about and read about. It's, they are incredibly disciplined. Like one of the most, I remember these successful people, when I finally got to ever meet one face to face, I realized how much discipline they really have in terms of even during dinner time, just being able to just eat healthy, focus, laser, relentless like focus and all of the things your listeners heard. And I tell you what was holding me back is because I never thought that was me. Wow. And again, that's going back to a lot of my self-doubt issues. So the mind shift that really helped me was when I came across this realization that was spread on by one of my coaches. He said, Tim, I want you to realize you are not lacking discipline. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, realize this, Tim, you are extremely consistent right now with being inconsistent. <laughs> Right? He said, Tim, you're not shy. You're extremely confident that you're shy. The real reality is you have got it in you right now. You just have to channel this energy towards the thing that really matters. And it's like that great quote, you know, trying to dream big is just as painful as trying to dream small. Yeah. Right? So one of the things I'll, I'll say to your listeners right now at that chapter of their journey realize they've got all of the things that they need they're not broken they've got every power within them they just got to start really channeling that energy that they have the extreme consistency in being inconsistent quote unquote procrastinating 
extreme confidence that they have in being shy towards the areas that they really want to excel in. And I think the moment I started just putting that energy in, like, in the right places was the moment I excelled, right? It's kind of like the reason why I became a drug addict is because I realized in my life I have got a bit of an addictive personality. But now, have I got rid of that addictive personality? No, I'm still a bit of an addict. But I'm an addict in towards improving myself. I'm an addict in terms of, you know, getting meaningful work done. And so we're just channeling the energy towards growth, right? Yeah. Now, I'm totally loving this. And to me, oftentimes it goes back to like those underlying emotional needs, right? Because I think one of the easiest ways to change is like get clear on like what is that underlying emotional need and then replace the habits that are currently fulfilling that, right? So mm. before for you, drugs were like the thing that actually made you feel good, right? It's a, an escaping mechanism really, right? But what if you, you know, like you spend the time now on personal development, on self-growth, on changing the world, changing people's lives. It fulfills the same need of making you feel good, right? But in a very constructive and positive way. So I love what you're saying here about really getting clear on that. And then, then again, really shedding that old skin of yourself, right? Getting rid of those old stories and those old habits that are holding you back and taking up your time and instead investing in new areas of growth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So powerful. So, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, friendships and the way that people affect us. Um, and one of the things that I know you're big on is, is modeling success. You know, learning from others that are far beyond you know, what you're currently capable of. So you're able to get closer to that. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? How can we model, you know, other people's success? Yeah. Um, modeling success. Where do I start? <laughs> yeah. It's something that it's, it's influenced a lot of my work and a lot of my growth. Um, we, well, normally m myself in, in this case, uh, I'm looking at trying to spend the most amount of time with this person I'm looking to model. And what I'm trying to really dissect in terms of their psychology is n number one, the belief about themselves. I got to figure out what does this person believe about themselves? Cause I got to adopt that same belief and I can do that through affirmations. Um, Number two, I'm trying to figure out their belief about other people. How do they perceive others? Knowing that success is about relationships, it's about influence, it's about ability to communicate to these other people. So how do they view others? Having suffered from social anxiety, I used to view people totally different to how these successful people were viewing them. And it was important for me to have this realization. Another thing is how do they view the world in terms of their service to the world, their important work? And these are the three core beliefs normally I'm looking to model. And of course, in terms of alongside the beliefs would be the behaviors. How do they act in front of others and so forth? But um, the lengths I've gone towards this is I volunteered a lot for my mentors who were crazily expensive that I couldn't afford back in the days. Um, <laughs> I, I volunteered, you know, helped them to grow their YouTube channel. Um, I, I've done everything. I've even moved to a different part wow. of England to spend time. I was literally... It's about a year. It was just a couple of years ago. I was uh, living up north of England to spend time with a mentor. Moved um, literally a house quite near him. Wow. And he was happy with to that. really stalk that person. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was spending the most amount of time. Proximity is so much power. And the energy and, you know, the things we talk about are so different to, let's say, uh, regular sort of conversation. So, yeah. It's just, you, they got to spend time with these people. It's just contagious. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Now, do you think, you know, listening to podcasts, reading to books, you know, does that get close to it? Or is it really like you have to be with like an in-person mentor? 
they got to be showing up on Max's doorstep right now. <laughs> <laughs> All of you listeners, you got to be showing up to Max's doorstep. Yeah, I'm not going to plug my address right totally. I think, in all honesty, in terms of podcasts and so forth, I think that's really what nowadays it's, it's podcast wasn't popular 12 years ago when I was starting. Yeah, um, sure. Books were. But yeah, nowadays you can have them plugged in. I definitely believe it's just as powerful. But if they can, try to somehow reach out. You know, one of the things I realized is when, when you lead with value and you actually ask, sometimes these mentors say yes, and yeah. you'll be surprised. They just say yes. They'll be like, yeah, I'm up for it. But you've got to lead with value, not what's in it for me, but how can I provide value to this mentor? And you get to spend time with them and it's just, it's a million bucks, right? It's worth that easily in terms yes. of the amount of energy and passion you have. Yes, exactly. And that's, I mean, it's a huge reason for why I started this podcast, right? Because I wanted to hang out with people like you just on a daily basis and absorb that knowledge and those insights. And, and mostly, like you say, those beliefs. Because this I found like, it's so interesting, right? Because like most people, they focus on these outside behaviors, right? But it, like, like you're saying, it's really those core beliefs that then determine our behaviors. And so you've, mm. you've you know, done a great job of really, you know, sort of putting them in these buckets, right? Myself, the people around me in the, the world. So what are some of those core beliefs that you now have that you feel like they're really, you know, everybody should adopt and just must adopt these beliefs really if they want to be successful? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> it's a big question. I know, question. but anything jumping to mind? I think what's jumping to mind right now, because uh, there are definitely more than just this one is yeah. in terms of the importance of letting go and what I'm talking about right now is difference between abundance and scarcity sort of mindset. A lot of my lessons I'm, I'm teaching right now is uh, lessons I've been taught uh, from my teachers and so forth. And my mentor always should say to me, Tim, you don't become rich from having money in the bank. You only get money in the bank when you know you are rich. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he was always trying to share with me was in terms of the mindset of the wealthiest people and the mindset of the wealthiest people is that they all operate from this place of abundance versus scarcity mindset. So coming back to let it go, what, what does it really mean? Well, think about most people in life when it comes to money, they are coming from this place of scarcity, like refusing to let go of money. You never tend to see that amongst the rich. The rich understand money is like blood. It must flow, it must circulate. And that's why they invest. That's why they always let go of wealth. They're, they're happy to. Look at Elon Musk when he got his shares of PayPal. He put it into free companies and he had to borrow money for rent. That's truly letting go, right? That was hundreds yeah. of millions, by the way. And essentially, if you look at these rich people, what I've realized is how much they really let go of money and how it ends up coming back. And my past, I used to be really bad with dating women. And I remember... Um, <laughs> I remember this girl I found really attractive once. And in my mind, I used to be a super shy guy. So I used to be a super creepy guy as well. <laughs> and I'm visioning her as my future wife. And I'm approaching wow. her with that needy scarcity mindset. So do you think that woman would stick around? Oh, she probably ran yeah. the other. <laughs> or she's running away. Why? Because in my mind, I'm like, I really need it. Hmm. I really need it. In life, we rarely tend to get the stuff we really need. Rarely. Wow. It's almost like the, the rich who don't actually need more money tend to get more money, right? People who tend to already have love tend to receive more love. And so one of the most important core beliefs that has served me wonders is, is, is it requires an open mind to really adopt, but it's to just get comfortable with letting go. Letting go of, for example, 
scarcity, letting go of negative energy, letting go of old beliefs, just letting go and getting comfortable with that place that there is always more where that came from. And realizing that money is really, think about it, money is just a bit of paper in the first place. Yeah. And it's just got words written on it. And, you know, to print that, for example, um, the analogy I was once shared is $100 note. To print that, if you look on Google, is around 14 cents. So if, which one is actually worth more if we're looking at it from a freaking belief point of view? Well, in terms of, let's say, a belief point of view, $100, worth, $100 note is worth more than a $1 coin. But from an actual physical point of view, the, the $1 coin is worth more. So it's that realization that money is just paper, just wrapped around beliefs. It's just all an energy. And I, I think letting go has really served me wonders. That's number one belief. That's serving me right now. In terms of, let's say top of mind, the second belief, um, other than that one, is, is uh, one of the things that I always share is whatever it takes just yes. really simple as that but it's just the studies have shown from elite athletes that what separates those who tend to excel in life especially of course these athletes who are breaking these records were that there was a thing called perception of effort and most achievers think they're pushing but there was always that next level and whatever takes mindset reminds you that you can do more you can be more and i'm sure some of your listeners have ever you know tried for example they gone to the gym and tried pushing some weights and i've tried the same in my life and i realized when there's somebody next to me like a personal trainer there's always more yeah. i just didn't i wasn't even tapping into that potential and your listeners right now they've got so much potential but they have to take that mindset that whatever it takes let me discover who I really can be when I don't stop and keep growing. Wow. You know, I absolutely love that because like the reality is like our brains always stop us before like our muscles break. Right. Otherwise we, we always like anytime we go to gym, like we, we just break. Right. And so like, it's almost this, you know, safety mechanism, right. Where like our brain just says, no, you're tired, you know, chill it out a little bit. But I love this, this mindset of like, whatever it takes you do. Right. Like I'm, this is great. Like, video for like will smith that's saying like if we get on a treadmill together like i'm gonna win or i'm gonna die trying and i think like <laughs> once once you adopt that mindset right of like i'm will, literally willing to like do whatever it takes mm. like any goal in your life right is like it's possible through that yeah great mindset I absolutely love that and also what you said before about money because i think money's always like it's tangible for people right like it's it's not this fluffy thing like, you know, relationships or like all these things that people re can't really, you know, they can't really touch it, right? But like, I think when it comes to money, especially those beliefs are so like, they're so obvious, right? And just shows. And so what I love, uh, like, I love what you were saying here about really letting go, right? Letting go of scarcity and any area of our lives, right? And just feeling abundant long before you actually are abundant, right? And I've, I found just like you, the same thing, right? Once you get in this abundant mindset of like, I'm happy right now, right? Like things don't have to be perfect, but I'm happy right now. I'm loving right now. And like you're willing to really show that to the world is contagious, right? And you start mm -hmm. to really attract those kind of people in your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. So Tim, what was the most difficult situation or most difficult decision that you've had to make throughout your life to really become who you are right now? You got great questions. <laughs> great question. I think there's been so many decisions 
I think the most, okay, the one that pops up in my mind right now is about, it's back in 20, 2017, April. Um, during that time, I'd already gone through that breakthrough with my mentor who helped me to overcome the fear of public speaking. Uh, and this is why I wrote a very scary goal down beginning of 2017, which was to become an international speaker. Wow. And that was just shit scary. The moment yeah, I wrote that okay. down, because I wasn't even a proper speaker. I just overcome a bit of a fear, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wrote it down. My hands were trembling. And um, many months later, I ended up really getting close to this mentor who had trained me up and ended up moving to, you know, closer to him as well, uh, north of England. And he approached me on one of the evenings and said, hey, you know, my event organizer out in Asia, they're looking for a speaker and I'd like you to, I'd like to connect you to it, uh, to them. Uh, are you up for it? And I was like, uh, kinda. He said, well, Tim, uh, it's going to involve a bit of a risk because you're a new speaker. They're not going to pay for your flights or your accommodation. It's going to be a three month tour. So you got to cover everything for the next three months, all of the hotels, and you're going to be flying everywhere. You're going to, it's going to be a massive expense essentially. Wow. And at the same time, he said, Tim, if you don't do well, well, realize the speaking organizers per event are investing about hundred thousand dollars per event to fill that room. If you don't do well, they're going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was almost like this, this moment that night when I was looking up at the skies, it was just like, I was just so scared. It was that folly heart and take action moment because my head was just like, it doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. too much of a financial risk. But my heart was just like, who would I become if I was to say yes to this? What's really like, how is life going to shape me? I ended up saying yes to this decision. And I ended up arriving in Vietnam. That's the first country I was invited to speak in. And I absolutely flopped. Whoa, big time. yeah. Day after, the manager arrives with a PA. And I'm in the hotel lobby and she looks furious. And then she takes me up to the business conference room and she has a go at me for about one hour saying, if I don't change tonight, it's going to, there's going to be consequence because they've invested a lot and I'd invested a lot as well at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a start of a three month journey. And that day I remember as soon as she went, I had a decision to make. And I was in a foreign country at the time. I was just like, do I stick at it or do I try to bail out somehow? And my heart was just like, Tim, you know what giving up feels like in your life? Let's see what happens when you don't. And I decided to really commit, just really cross the line, make a real decision, which means to cut, cut yourself away from going back. So I said, yes. That night I ended up doing a speech. It's kind of okay. It's mediocre still. But I kept on going. And it's like that great quote, how do you expect to be polished when you're irritated by every rub, <laughs> right? <laughs> every event was like polishing me. And by the time we got to May, that was my birthday time. I ended up being booked in for my birthday. I ended up standing up on the stage and the event organizers were so impressed that they got the whole audience to stand up about 300, 400 people to give me wow. a happy birthday song. It was <laughs> I'll never forget it. But that decision for me wasn't just so much about being a, becoming a speaker. It's more in terms of what ends up happening when we really test our fullest potential and there is no going back. It's really burning the bridge moment. There's a great quote. You never know how strong you are until being strong is your only option. And I think most people in life, they always have got that safety route kind of there. But when you really burn that bridge and there is no going back, it's all in, it's do or die. 
you realize there's a version of you, untapped potential that just has to show up. And I think a part of me just woke up during that event and realized this game is, isn't freaking about me in the first place. I just got to show up for them. And I just kept on going. And it's weird. It's just like different characters showed up. So that's, I would say, it's quite a scary decision that served me well. Wow, I, I literally got the chills right now because this is literally what, what you were saying before, this like make it or break a moment, right? It's this moment of like, am I going to go all in, right? Am I going to do whatever it takes or am I going to stop at the first obstacle, right? And like, I think everybody listening to this can, can imagine how you felt in a moment, right? After your first speech, it flopped and like you're sitting there, you're being yelled at, right? Like of not being good enough, right? And the, the easy choice in that moment is to give up, right? It's a comfortable choice that we're all taught to do. Just you know, go back, you know, any home and like, take it easy. Right. But you make that choice because you were committed to do whatever it takes to stick it out and go through this period where you just suck. Right. I think that's the reality of it. Like when you're starting out at anything, you just suck. And it's hard, honestly, like it's hard. And like, like even this podcast right now, like I know that like right now I suck compared to like where I want to go. But the only way to, to get there is like just doing the work every day. So this, mm. I love the story. Yeah, super powerful. Now, do you have a favorite quote or mantra that, that you live by in your life? Is it this follow your heart or? <laughs> I suppose it is, but I think your <laughs> listeners will be like, there's too many follow your hearts now. <laughs> no, it's, I love it. It's so important, right? I mean, it's the yeah, whole. I think, I think that quote, by the way, was really inspired by uh, Steve Jobs. Um, he said to, you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So you have to trust one day the dots will connect. You have to trust in something. It's your heart, your karma, your destiny, whatever it may be. And uh, that really is what's made me take these leap of faiths, like just moving forwards. I think that's one of my favorite, without a doubt, is his quote. Yeah, you know, what I, what I love about this is like, at the end of the day, I don't believe it's about success, like external success right? Financial fame, whatever it is. At the end of the day, what I believe is like following your heart is what makes you happy. Mm. I think that's something that's overlooked, right? Like you take that dream that you have and you chase it. You may fail. You might fall on your face over and over again for the rest of your life. But if you're going to be happy doing it, if you actually enjoy the day-to-day -day process of grinding it out, putting in the work, at the end of the day, I think that's a good life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now we talked about a lot of strategies today, Tim, that, you know, people can use to really level up their success. So if you could give people one piece of homework, they could start really applying today to become more successful in their lives. What would be that one thing? Like a, like a challenge, like an yes, action. Yes. Yes. I love a good challenge. Love a challenge. <laughs> okay. I think going back to what was mentioned earlier, it's definitely, I, I invite your listeners today to really think, what is the thing that I fear? And if it means take a baby step instead of the crazy stuff that we've been discussing, <laughs> by all means, just take the baby step. Make your palm sweat today. Don't make it one day like most people do. Just make it day one. And every day, just Tell yourself it's day one. If they screwed up in the past, tell themselves it's just day one. It's a brand new chapter to begin again. And at the same time, for people who are listening, who struggle with taking action, I think live from this place of integrity. What does that really mean? It means to firstly realize the reason why most people struggle with taking action on the big steps 
is because they've broken their own promises to themselves too many times that their mind doesn't believe a word they say. They've told themselves that they're going to follow up, listen to more Max's podcast or listen to more books online, whatever it may be. They told themselves, I'm going to do these morning, evening habits, and they didn't follow through on their promise. Every time you break your own promise, your mind is being programmed to not believe a single thing that this character says to themselves, and that is you. And so you have to realize if you struggle with procrastination or you struggle with taking big steps, you have to be somebody who starts living true to your words. Your words needs to become law. It means to live from a place of integrity. And today, write out the stuff that you'll be doing to make your palms sweat. Make a promise yourself to follow through. And just when you start doing these small steps, you realize the bigger steps become easier because your mind has been programmed this way that everything that you even tell yourself, anything, you have to do it because you've done it before. And so that's what I invite your, your listeners to do, is to essentially make their palms sweat today. Whatever that is, you know what you fear. Find a way, and let's see what crazy challenges they do. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Not to be forced, my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? Um, I suppose we, we publish stuff uh, on our YouTube channel. So if they want to check out some of the videos. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic content, by the way. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. So I think that'd be a great place for them to start if they want to check, them, check us out. Perfect. I'll link to that then. Now, my final question, what is your quest for greatness? So what's the big vision that you have for your life that you want to bring into this world? Well, in terms of why I, I suppose I push just as hard as I, I did on day one today is because... I think I've realized how throughout my life, how life is so, it can be just gone in a second. And I think that's the realization I had, especially when, I mean, back in February last year, we was visiting, you know, the cemetery and my mom was stood next to me crying and she had a hand on the tombstone and this tombstone belonged to my uncle, her brother, essentially. And her brother ended up passing away from cancer just out of the blue. And just a year before that, her sister had ended up committing suicide. And I think life has given me too many of these sort of like realizations of how precious this thing we call life is and how it can be gone in a split of a second. So I think the reason why I push so much today is, is because I want to see how many people can I really impact. And the, the, the amount of people we want to really just be able to reach before my time is up is 1 billion people. And I want to be able to do that and get to the end of my life saying to myself, wow, I, I have done that and I've accomplished it. And it, that's what lights the fire in my belly more than anything else I've ever found in my life. Just seeing the, the, the impact and the, the, the empowerment and just seeing people own their gift. Cause I don't know, I've just seen so many people just wasting their life. I tell you. And that's really why I just do what I do. And I want to just be able to just, just spread the message, essentially.